Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, coworkers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. So buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Well, um, how many of you got to watch uh, my video that we sent the link out? Okay. And, uh, and then others, I got to meet with you personally, right? And uh, we talked individually about the transition that's happening. And uh, I have to say, um, I feel like I'm in the middle of a move of God. Okay. I, I don't feel like I'm in the middle of uh, a move of Joe Barlow. I feel like I'm in the middle of a move of God. And God himself is doing some adjusting and moving things around, and I'm pretty excited about it, okay? Um, the thing that the Lord put on my heart to share with you is years ago, it was actually December of 2004, and I would have, this was when I was working at Living Word under Bill Winston and running his school of ministry, and um, I would go in for a monthly meeting with him to let him know how I was doing in running the school of ministry, the Bible training, the foundations ministry, and the, and the World Mission Center. And um, so I would give him, him an, a monthly update on how that was going. And so I walked in to the meeting. Now, before I walked into the meeting, I was feeling anxious. I was feeling like when is this chapter going to be over? I'm like, come on, when is this going to be done? And uh, so I walk in and I sit down across from him and he normally would say, so tell me what you got, but he didn't start it that way this day. He said, come along about this time. He said, the mother hen starts to pluck the feathers out of the nest and things start getting real uncomfortable. And uh, he said, because it's getting time to fly. And I'm like, okay. I hadn't said anything to him. (laughs) And he just starts prophesying to me like that. And uh, so then he said, uh, or I said, I don't know. I just feel like I need you to lay hands on me. That's I could just feel that. I need him to lay hands on me. He said, I'm going to in March. (laughs) I wanted it today, you know. He said, I'm going to in March. At the, uh, at the minister's conference. And uh, that meant he was going to ordain me. And so <clears throat> um, that was comforting, exciting uh, to a degree. But there was still that agitation because God does that. God designed those birds to function in that way. And... I wouldn't tell you that I'm uncomfortable with family life because I'm not. I'm very comfortable here. However, God's saying, son, I have something for you to do. And he's also saying, you need to step out of the way because I got something else going on here that I haven't told you about. 
And I'm like, I'm all good with that. I'm all good with that. And um, I, I have to share with you that I am not my own boss. I am not my own boss, okay? God is my boss, okay? I saw something supernatural happen the day that I got ordained, the day that Pastor Winston did lay hands on me. I'm so thankful that my daughter Sarah uh, was off to the side and she caught a picture of me with Pastor Winston laying his hand on my head and the look on his face was so intense as he was uh, ordaining me. But I can tell you something supernatural happened on that day because up until that point, I was hanging on to Bill Winston. It's like I had my, you know, like when, when my kids were little, I used to always wear painter's pants. And I said, hold on to my loop. You know, the, tell the little kids, just hold on to my loop. And the, my little kids would just grab a hold of the, little, the, the loop on the, the hammer loop on the side of my pants. Um, so I was like hanging on to Pastor Winston. But on that day, Something super, it was, I can tell you it was supernatural. And, and this is what happened in the spirit. Pastor took my hand and he put it in the hand of God. He handed me off. And that was a supernatural thing that happened. And um, so I have been serving at this church for 16 years at the pleasure of my father. According to the pleasure of my boss because it's him who wanted me to be here, whether or not I was feeling it or not. Now, praise the Lord, I have been feeling it and I have delighted in it, but I can't tell you that it's been without pain. It's been, uh, been some very difficult situations, extraordinarily difficult situations, but not a single time was it like that was too much. No, it was never too much because the grace, the supernatural empowerment of God was there to help me through every single thing. Amen? So, you walk this stuff out. Now, years ago, when I started, and back in 1987, I started leading uh, the band at Praise Fellowship at our old church. Christine was there, Becky, she's not here today, but um, some of you know Mary, Augustine. The three of them were there back then, helping me. They were right by my side, and I was so blessed. Um, but they took uh, a, a couple months to decide who the next worship leader was going to be, and then they landed on that it was to be me. Well, God had already spoken to me months earlier that it was me, and I was super frustrated that they didn't know that, <laughs> you know? And uh, I had to wait and go through the process. Now, at the time, though, there was another young girl, her name's Mary, and she, was ex she is extraordinarily gifted. And for 13 years, she stood there right on my wing. But she was gifted like me. And I always had this sense, man, I wish I wasn't holding her back because I feel like I'm holding her back. Because... If the person at the top never steps out of the way, nobody else can step up. When I was little, okay, I'm raised in a family of 14 kids, right? I'm the 10th of 14. So <clears throat> uh, my brother Chris, he's the oldest, he went away to college. He graduated in 1969, which means he left when I was three, 
okay? He left for college when I was three years old. Um, and so, but when he left for college, Julie was then the next, she was the top dog, right? Then Julie left for college and then Kathleen. And then he, she left, then Morgan. But whoever was the next oldest, they were the one that was kind of, that they were the top one in the house, besides the parents, of course. And um, there was always this, a constant promotion happening in our family, constant promotion. You were constantly having to step up into a new level, into a new place, okay? And everybody had to step up. Nancy and I learned in our parenting classes that we took over the years that if there's a task that needs to be done in the house, find which of the kids, which the youngest, find the youngest of the children who's able to accomplish that task and give that task to them, okay? So if it's wiping off the counters in the kitchen, okay? Find the kid who can, whether they stand on a little stool and wipe those counters off and you teach them how to do it, get the youngest one to do it because there's plenty of tasks for the older kids that they're gonna have to keep filling in the gaps constantly to do. But find the youngest one who can do that and get them to do it because because of this, it increases the responsibility level on each child. It increases the responsibility on each child. One day I asked my dad, when I was still probably a teenager, and I was just looking at my elder siblings in kind of wonder, and, and I asked my dad, how did you guys do such a good job of raising these kids? I, as a teenager, I asked my father that. <clears throat> I don't know where I got that perspective from, but he said, my dad said, we, we always try to increase the responsibility that's on each child. Constantly increase the level of responsibility on each child. If you will constantly increase the level of responsibility on each child, by the time it's time for them to fly, they're fully capable. My son, Mark, out in California, dealing with some roommates who don't even know how to scrub a bathroom. It was this guy's job. He went in and sprayed something here and he, I think he folded a towel or something like that. He didn't have any other idea of what else went into scrubbing a bathroom. Now, <clears throat> we should probably have like a, a university or a school. We could, Nancy and I could probably make some money off this. <laughs> Nancy Barlow's school of how to clean a bathroom, okay? She will take you from one end and walk you through all the way to the other end to make sure that that thing is absolutely clean. And she won't let the kids out of the house until they know how to do it. <laughs> and uh, um, so I'm, I'm telling you, there's... Uh, there are markers in our lives to us growing. And the day that, let's say, okay, so I was, Michael was just older than me. So the day Michael moved out of the house, that was a marker in my life. Because it was on that day, I got my own bedroom. <laughs> or I got whatever, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Things change because all of the responsibilities shift once something like that happens. 
Okay. Well, this is life. This is family and this is how to grow. Everybody shifts. If what's going on right now in my life is in any way a promotion for me, then it is potentially a promotion for you. Not guaranteed because you could just sit back and watch and see how things go. And then it's no promotion for you. But with you, when you show up and you see what's going on and you say, hey, wait a second, somebody's going to need to do that. God might be giving you a perspective of something that needs to be taken care of. If I were to show up at a new church, <clears throat> well, back when we started going to Living Word, showed up at a new church there and I'm, I'm looking, I mean, here, I just led, I've been a worship leader since I was 11 years old, so... What am I thinking? What's going on with the worship team? Because that's what I think. That's, how, that's what I know. <clears throat> so I look at that worship team and I think, John King is running this thing and boy, they got it all going on. And I'm very happy. And I don't see any need for me up in there. you know. So I just sit back and relax. Plus the Lord wanted me to just sit and relax because he wanted me to get that word. And so I've told you the story before, but for a year and a half, I sat there listening to that word and enjoying that worship. And then one day, John King calls me. Hey, hey, hey Joe, I need you to lead worship for us. I said, okay. So I just stepped up and, <clears throat> and started leading, uh, leading the worship at the church. And <clears throat> now, take, now, remember, Living Word is probably 95% African-American, something like that. And here's this person who is like almost completely lacking in melanin. <clears throat> <laughs> I am melanin deprived. And uh, I, it was the funniest thing. I used to be in these meetings at Living Word because I, I would run the um, minister's conference. So I had my whole team working with me. And I'd be sitting there at the table and then I'd walk out in the hallway and I'd walk past a mirror and I'd be like, wow, man, is he white. <laughs> It was very funny. <laughs> anyway, I got up and led worship. Now, here's this white guy on a guitar. And they weren't used to that. But I'll tell you something. The anointing of God yes, fell on the place. It was stunning to some and deeply impactful for most. And, um, but God moved. I, I was willing to step up. I saw the need, I was asked, I came and did it, okay? Um, you've got to have promotions in your life. You've got to just be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. And then when God opens the door, step up and do what you're called to do. This is growth, this is grace. <clears throat> Expect that when that happens, you know, that God's ability will be right there for you. When Andrew, when Andrew was leading worship for us years ago, and then um, I started playing the electric guitar in the band, and I, I don't know, <clears throat> I was hurting in the area of electric guitar. It just wasn't that great. But when I would try, I would attempt to play one of these leads on a song that he had picked out, and he's like, Dad, you nailed it. And I'm like, oh God, I don't even think I was in the same ball field. But his encouragement was right there for me to keep going. 
Dad, it was really great. Man, that, that felt so good. My friends, as you step into um, the next stage, whatever the next stage is, this is an opportunity for promotion and growth. Okay? And <clears throat> if you're not growing, I'm not doing my job. You know what the product of a church is? People. Mature people. People who are, who are coming into the, the likeness and image of God. Uh, as Paul put it, until Christ be formed in you. Amen? And until the point when people look at you, they're like, you know, you remind me of somebody. Oh, it's Jesus. That's who you remind me of. <clears throat> One of my brothers who doesn't even believe in the Lord said to me, he said, he said, Joseph, you are the most accurate representation of Jesus I've ever seen. Okay. Let it be. If you have to step up, we got to up our game. You know, Nancy and I were driving home last, yesterday afternoon. Uh, we had stopped in Cleveland, got a hotel, and came on home. Got home a little about 4.30. We got within like five or ten minutes of the house, and all of a sudden we started fighting. <laughs> now, wait a second. We didn't fight the whole time. Yeah, go back out on vacation. Okay, see you later. <laughs> I guess we're not done yet. <laughs> and then we had to stop over here at the church to get some CDs or something. Uh, and when we started talking again, I said, I said, I bind that spirit of strife. I am not submitting to that thing in Jesus' name. And uh, now, Listen. The spirit of strife also needs you to fall into the flesh. So it's not just the devil made me do it. You agreed with him, just so you know. Okay, so if you're stepping into strife, you're stepping into the flesh. Uh, we got a phone call from our girls uh, while we were gone. And I don't recommend leaving your teenage daughters home for two weeks. But, <clears throat> but we have family. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. And so there was a little, at one point there was a little strife. And uh, so after I tried to settle the conversation in an amicable way or whatever, a few minutes later I was driving down the road and I I called back. I said, Olivia, don't get into the flesh. Now she knew already what that meant, walking the fruit of the Spirit. So grade yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How am I doing in love? Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How are you doing on every single one of those? Because I'll tell you, if you're down low, you are in the flesh. You are not sowing to the Spirit. You're sowing to the flesh. Stop it. Grow up. Okay? The markers of a mature Christian is their walk in the Spirit which means their attitudes, their behaviors, all that stuff lines up. They're a joy to be around. Why? Because they're full of love, joy. They're getting a 10 on love. They're getting a 10 on joy. They're getting a 10 on peace. You get, you're getting a score of 10. 
You see what I'm saying? Now, that doesn't mean, because there are some people who just by sheer discipline and self-control make their behavior line up. And from an outward appearance, you'd think, wow, they're really walking in the spirit. When honestly, because of their motivation, they're completely in the flesh. Even though from your perspective, they're getting a 10 on all those things. But God knows the heart. God knows the deep things of the heart. You're, the fruit of the Spirit comes forth in you as you are just simply one with him, one with Christ. Um, <clears throat> as I've gone through this process, or as I'm going through this process, um, this transition process that we've been talking about, um, I'm doing a lot of pondering. And I was like, Lord, you know, did I... Did I miss it? What, what caused me to be, in some ways, ineffective in family life? He said, um, I'd rather you not go there. He said, I want to talk to you about the, your future. He said, because what's coming in your future is going to make the answer to that question completely unimportant. It's, going to make, it's not going to matter at all. He said, with what's coming in your life, he said, that doesn't matter at all. Okay, shake it loose, shake it, yeah, I'm just free, right? I know that every single person who has received me as their pastor is going through a process. I know it, okay? God spoke to me about that. He said, son, I have given you a special place in the people's hearts. And he said, but you have to help them to understand that that now is gonna shift and he said, and you need to pray for every single one of them. He said, but I will speak to them. So listen, <clears throat> when, Mike, when my brother Michael moved out of the house, it didn't matter whether or not I wanted to be the oldest one at home then. It didn't matter. Because I just was going to be the oldest one at home. That's the way it was going to be. And I had to learn how to make it work. You know? And you just do. You just grow. You just keep going. But there's so much fruit to be had. There's so much glory to be released. Um, honestly, uh, I think sometimes God has given me these little peaks of what's coming at family life. And I'm like, whoa, wow. Yeah, he's like, would you get out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> I was out in California uh, at the songwriters conference and uh, this one, we were in this uh, small group writing song together. And um, so I started sharing, or this one young guy was sharing what was going on in his life. Right while he was sharing, the Lord spoke this phrase to me. He said, won't you step out of the way and let me do the impossible. So we wrote that phrase into the song. And so the song starts out with um, this girl singing, may your will be done in my heart as it is in heaven. It's really beautiful. So she's just by herself on her guitar. And then all of a sudden this guy comes in with this different chord that's just, and he just says, why don't you step out of the way and let me do the impossible. So that phrase has been going over and over in me. Now listen, 
There's another way to make a transition. And this happens quite often. Is the leader just physically actually dies. And then everybody else has to scramble. And the transition happens. But you know what? I'm only 59. (laughs) And... uh, I'm not really interested. I mean, yes, I do want to go to heaven, but actually, you know, if we can put that off a little bit. (laughs) I've got a lot of living to do. And as a matter of fact, I have so much in my heart that if I were to only live till 90, I'm not sure I got enough time. I'm not sure that I have enough time to get it done in 31 years or 30 and a half years now. Okay. I've got so many books to write. I've got so many teachings to bring forth. I've got so many songs to write, so many albums to do, so many concerts to do. I'm not sure. It's going to take the grace of God to get it all done. I'm telling you, I really feel extraordinarily full. When I started talking to my team uh, and Natalie and Andrew here about uh, what God was speaking to my heart, Andrew was like, Dad, he's like, You are not showing any signs of any weakness or slowing down. In other words, I'm not burning out. I'm not losing it. I'm I'm not waning. Okay? He said, Dad, it's like you're at the top of your game. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I feel. This is not about that. It's not about me running out of energy. This is about uh, the father saying, son, I want to do something but you're going to have to obey me in order for me to do it. He also said, I have a new assignment for you. And he said, but you can't hear it until you are completely free from the care and the concern of the church. He said, when he said, so keep working on it because I've still got, you know, in a sense, JBM and family life all in, in one flower pot. Right. And I've got to go through this with my team and, Make sure everything's done correctly. Get it all done beautiful, smooth. Both entities are really ready to flourish. Both of them are really ready. There's, there's a fullness. I can feel it. There's a fullness in the spirit with what's going to happen at family life. There's a fullness in the spirit of what's about to happen with JBM. But they both deserve their own flower pot. They both deserve their own uh, space. And um, once that happens, uh, there's going to be a new flourishing. Sad to say, I came home yesterday afternoon, and my favorite plant over by the window, which had these white little spire flower things sticking up, they were all brown. And the whole plant was laying over the edge of the flower pot. Well, it takes watering. We'll be able to revive it. We'll be able to get it back. But family life is, is not at that place. Family life is full and it's ready. Okay? This is the perfect time. You know, when I was little, whenever, we had a lot of parties when I was little. Sometimes with 250 kids at our house. Because we like parties. <laughs> 14 kids, what's 250, you know? And, uh, um, but my dad had a rule. You always stop the party 
when everybody's having fun. That's when you end the party. He said, because if you don't, things will begin to degrade. And as they degrade, then there's going to be a fight and something else is going to happen. And that's going to mark the party. Instead of being done when everybody's having fun. There's a lot. I like my dad. You're going to like him when you get to meet him. Uh, he's up in heaven having a good time. When you get to meet him, he'll, he'll, he'll sit and talk with you for a while. Um, we have that future hope. We have that, we have that future hope. Um, next week, Chuck Perry is going to be here speaking. Now, my first contact with Chuck Perry was when I went with Shalise and I both went out to, uh, and Nancy and uh, Shalise's team and some of us, whatever, we all went out to Bethel to a hem of his garment, the hem of his garment uh, uh, conference. It was a healing conference. Well, while I was there, I kept having to have people rub my shoulders because oh, my back was hurting so bad. So I decided to go to the healing rooms. So I'm, I... They assigned me to these two ladies, and I'm over there, and I put my hands up, and these two ladies are, you know, praying for me, and then I feel this extra hand on my back, exactly where my back was hurting, okay? Exactly, exactly. I knew it was misaligned. It was out of, out of place, and it was radiating all this tension in every direction, right? And uh, this guy, I, well, I felt this hand on my back, and all of a sudden, I knew I was healed. Instantly, I was healed. I turned around and looked, and there was this guy, Chuck Perry, going, <laughs> and he walks away. <clears throat> so he's speaking here. That was my first contact with him. And uh, so then I saw him a couple years ago at a conference, uh, one of the Abide conferences. And uh, so I'm excited to have this opportunity to loose him upon you uh, because you're going to be blessed. Um, you're going to be really blessed. But uh, so that's next week. And I would, I would also tell you, thank you, Andrew, for that encouragement regarding people who uh, might not have the money. <clears throat> Let me take that a level higher. You do have the money. Come to the conference. Okay. I just, let's, let's move it up a little bit there. You do have the money. You can afford $25. Okay. You can do it. It might be a stretch, but you find money for other things. You can find money for something that's going to change your life. Amen. All right? So, but hey, Andrew's offer stands, but so does mine. And if you'll take mine, you'll grow. Amen. <laughs> Is that okay? All right. <laughs> okay, so next, October 17th, two weeks from today. I am going to lay hands on Danny, okay? And I'm going to ordain him into the ministry, and uh, I want you to be there. We'll do it in the 9 o'clock service. I want you to be there, okay? Uh, and people who aren't, amen, people who, people who aren't here now, I want you to be here. I don't care. We can line the walls. I don't care what. Be here. But I'm also going to lay hands on anyone who is willing to take a portion of the spirit that's on me and carry it forward here. Amen. You understand that? Okay, Moses, <clears throat> Moses, 
When, well, we can show that scripture. Johnny, um, the one about Jethro. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Exodus 18, 13. The next day, Moses took his seat. So Moses was hanging out with Jethro and uh, his father-in-law. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. Go on. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Keep going. Moses answered him, because the people come come to me to seek God's will. Keep going. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Okay? So, I'm going to lay hands on Danny And what the Lord instructed me is anybody who is willing for me to take a portion of whatever anointing is on me to put it on you, just like Moses did, for you to carry it forward, I'm going to lay hands on you too, okay? And I want you to do that. And God said, if they do this, I will honor their faith. I will honor that. That's what he told me the other day. I was just writing in my journal. He said, I will honor that. And I will use them. And so that's what I want to do. Um, Listen, if you've been around here any length of time, I think you know that I love you. Okay? I hope that is beyond question. Okay? Um, But I think you also know that I love the Lord. And you know that I cannot let anyone's opinion dissuade me from what he's saying. Amen. And I, I, I love you. Okay. Did anybody else's heart just melt? <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> I love you from the baby in the room. I love it. Wasn't that sweet? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So... Listen, it's not a question about being loved. It's, about, it's a question about your destiny. Because this next step for you will determine who you eventually will become. 
back when uh, Nancy and I and the kids lived in River Forest and Sarah was starting up her photography business. And she had an idea of, hey, I should go do family photo shoots of the people in the neighborhood. And I said, uh, I said, you should go do that. She goes, Dad, would you call them for me? <laughs> and I said, Sarah, let me just tell you something. I said, here's the number I have in my heart. I said, if I call them for you, it's going to make a difference in your annual income by about $80,000 in your future. In other words, in the future, your, income, your annual income is going to be about $80,000 less than if you step up right now and you make those phone calls. Listen, if all you want is to be served, you're at the wrong church. If all you want to do is be served, you're in the wrong place because we're not so good at that. What we're really good at is getting you to serve. And I'll tell you this, one good reason for me to step out of the way, because you know who's actually a master at getting other people to do stuff? Is Natalie. Ever since she was little, she would delegate to her siblings, like, and, and they resented it, you know? <laughs> but she got the work done. <laughs> She's always able to take, she sees what needs to be done, now who could do it? I really believe there's a group that needs to gather around her to help her make those decisions. There's another group that needs to gather around her to say, hey, um, you know, there's needs in the congregation and we're going to decide as a group how we're going to fill these needs, okay? Because if this all lands on Danny and Natalie or Danny and Natalie and Andrew and Kimmy or Kenny, whatever, Jethro gave you a warning. You all are going to burn yourself out, okay? Joe and Nancy trying to do everything that has taken a toll, but the grace of God has continued us, okay? But there's a smarter way to do it. And Jethro's wisdom is here, right? The wisdom that says, you better let other people help you. I wasn't so good at that. You know what, the, you know what one of the best things about starting this church with my family is because my kids are so dang gifted. So everything that needed to get done, they could do it. That was such a benefit to this church. But you want, you want to know one of the biggest problems is that my kids are so dang gifted. That's a problem. Because if everybody else sits back and says, well, I'll just let them keep doing it. That ain't the, that's not the recipe. Why don't you step out of the way and let me do the impossible? God wants this. He wants me to step out of the way because wait till you hear what's coming in this pulpit. It's not just Danny. There's a lot of others that are going to step up and you're going to be well fed. Okay? There's also things coming that are going to move this church forward from the foundation, like I shared with you personally, about the foundation that has been built. If, if all we have so far is the foundation, I'm mighty proud of it. Honestly. Because I, <clears throat> I love this church. We are a loving people. We are people who love the word of God. We are people that love God. We're people that love the Holy Spirit and make room for him. Man, if that's what I got done, I'll say, yep, I'll just sign my name to it. Yep. If that, if, if, yeah, of course, God threw me in all that. But as you know, he couldn't have done it without me. 
Oh, Joe, how can you say something like that? Okay, let me tell you a story. Did you hear, some of you have heard the story before. <clears throat> you hear about the guy that he bought an acre of ground and it was covered with trash and stones and old vehicles, just garbage. I mean, the place was a mess. So he got in and he started working that ground. He cleared it all and he worked that soil, got it to the point where it was really uh, fertile. And then he plants a beautiful garden. He designs a beautiful place. He designed this amazing thing. And then it started to grow. He planted it, it started to grow. He tended that thing and it was so amazingly beautiful. And then a friend came over and uh, he walked him through the garden. And, <clears throat> and this friend says, what an amazing place, an amazing garden that the Lord has given you. He said, you should have seen when he had it to himself. <laughs> Listen, God has said that he wants you to step up. And I firmly believe the reason so many people on this earth are dying and so many terrible things are happening in this earth is because others have not risen up to become who they're really created to be. Because if Christians were really Christians, we wouldn't be dealing with the mess we're dealing with. I had this amazing thought the other day. Do you know most people, most Christians, don't believe that all things are possible? They still believe that the impossible is impossible. Because if we did believe it, we'd be acting a whole different way. I realize I just ran out of time. My apologies. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, please. I'm going to play audience member for a second, congregation member for a second. I'm going to ask Pastor Joe a couple questions that might be in your guys' head right now. Does that sound good? <laughs> if they're not in your head, you got them answered anyways. Um, so, Pastor Joe, what does your new role look like? What does my new role look like? Well, like, are you just after today? Or are you just gone? N I would say this. Uh, good question, no. right? No, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. Listen, um, I need to make sure that the new leadership can do it without my hovering, right? Because in order for Danny and Natalie and, and the team, and Danny especially, that there's an anointing on him and that anointing has to be given space to rise up. Now, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be gone what decides whether I'm here or somewhere else is what God eventually tells me, which he has not said anything yet. So, I don't know. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you this. My family lives here. My family's here. My, my five grandbabies are all living within one big honking backyard. I won't be far, but I will always be a father both to my children and to anybody who taps into my ability to father. So what is the title of Danny's role? Uh, I think it should be executive pastor because, you know, you call a baby not what it is right then. You call a baby what they're going to be, <laughs> okay? And uh, like poor... Uh, You're such a cute baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is that prayer of Jabez? The poor guy, he got named what he was. Pain. Jabez. That's what the prayer of Jabez, if you look that up. Uh, his, his mom bore him in pain. He said, Lord, you know, O Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'd be free from my own name, pain. Um, <clears throat> executive pastor, because you're going to find that as I functioned as pastor, I was touching everything. But what Danny needs to do and what the next level of this church needs is an executive pastor, somebody who steps up and says, yeah, I'll minister to you and I'll teach you the word of God, but, um, but I'm going to be executing a team of people who are all going to be activated into loving and moving this forward. So it'll be executive pastor. Who will be teaching? Who will be teaching? Well... Natalie, that's a better question for me to ask of you because you're the one that runs the... I she's have been the running, real answer. She's, she's been running the preaching calendar for a long time. I always consult, I talk to Natalie all the time for years now about uh, what's going to be taught and who's teaching and what's going to be happening. Any, any type of decision I ever need to make about that, I always consult with Natalie. But uh, so there's going to be... You, you've seen the five-minute fuels we've been doing. We're going to be doing more of that. You know, it says in Romans 12, if the person's gift is to teach, let them teach. Boy, that'll take some faith for a leader. <laughs> you, but you, you don't want to have people up here that aren't, you know, that you can't trust. But you want to give people a chance. So you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of things happen. There's going to be a lot, a lot of good coming. So Danny will teach. I'll teach once in a while. Uh, you'll teach. Yeah. You, you're, I mean, one I get desires, comments all the time. One of the desires that we have as we move into this next season <clears throat> is to move from a pastor-centric church to a fivefold-centric church. Does that make sense? Where we have people operating, and not only people operating in every function, but teams of people operating in every function. And what Pastor Joe just, just described of his history with family life so far really has been an apostolic role that he has built. Apostles build the foundation for the church to be built on. So Pastor Joe over the past 16 years has put together an absolutely incredible foundation. And now it's time for the meat and the skin to be put on to the foundation of who family life is. And that's going to come through teams. So rather than having one person who is every single week responsible for every single message, we are moving into teams of people that will be teaching. And as you guys have seen over the past few weeks, we have Danny, we have John King, Shalice will be speaking. We have Five Minute Fuelers. I'm going to give you a sneak peek that Wendy Norman's doing her first full-length message in a few weeks. Woo! Woo! Um, Exciting. And we are going to have really fantastic teachers bringing you different giftings in the way of teaching, That's different exciting. ways that people have been anointed to teach. We're going to make sure you have a, a very diverse palette. Me and Danny do not like picky eaters. So you're going to get a diverse palette of teachers that are going to fill you up every single week to really um, fill your appetite. But Pastor Joe will be in that. But we're going to be developing a whole teaching staff. Yeah. And if you want to see what the teams are going to look like and what some of the things we're going to be going through, just look at this. This is our church vision. Amen. Just look at this. 
Some of you need some experience and some training on how to thrive in your marketplace or how to improve your financial health or how to establish healthy relationships. This is going to expand our capacity and how we can all learn and grow practically. It's got a little disco going on here. (laughs) This is exciting stuff. Needless to say, we have a lot of plans in the works. We're super excited to share with you guys. We've been talking, I mean, throughout Pastor Joe and Nancy's whole vacation, we've been just talking constantly about all of these new things. So just so you guys know, this is not What's happening is not this split of like, okay, Danny's taking over. Who knows where we're going to go? It's like, even though that's fun, it's like (laughs) Pastor Joe. That's a fun ride to be on. But Pastor Joe has been right alongside and is going to continue being right alongside as this new vision unfolds because he's fully backing it. This is not... Like, who knows what family life is going to become? Are we going to become the next Willow Creek? Nope. We are not called to be Willow Creek family life. Just to answer that question, if that was in anybody's minds, we are called to be a church that fully embodies the supernatural, fully pursues who God has called us to be. So just some excitement and reassurance for you guys. There's some fun days ahead, but Pastor Joe is, he's fathering us in the process of this and he's around. So. Do you see why I'm comfortable? Yes. This is very comforting to me. I, I don't have any concern. I really don't. Yeah. So anyway. It's, I got a word and um, it's like you just led right into it, but we're talking about growing, but being comfortable, and I said this in a conference I was just at, is just getting comfortable, and this is each one of us, is just getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's just kind of been going on. That's been the theme, especially for the past, well, for a while for me, but it's just, and it's not in a negative way. It's more Amen. like, how do I step, kind of step by step? What's the next step? What are we doing next, but doing it in a positive way? So just getting comfortable with getting uncomfortable. And it is a part of growth. God's going to, yeah. That's right. That's, that causes growth. Beautiful. You have some? Yeah. Go for it. All right. Why don't you pray over the offering then? Yeah, I'll pray over the offering. I guess I'm going to be doing a lot of that soon. <laughs> I just love, you know, at face value, you know, when the, the top dog, 16-year, unequivocal, incredible leader foundational ministry built on the shoulders of this man of Joseph Barlow. Who do you follow that up with? The announcements guy. (laughs) I don't know what could go wrong. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The the announcements guy. Oh, no. It's coming back already. Uh, This is the new motorcycle bikes. Anyways. So, anyways, I have... A hundred thousand things to share with you. I promise I do more than announcements. And there's more qualifications, I think, that I have than that. Um, And there's literally a million things I would love to share with you. And that's what October 17th is for. So I hate to give you the old tune in next week, but it's actually two weeks from now. But there, I mean, I, I, I wanted to share everything that I wanted to share today. And Natalie said, Danny, we should really push this to the 17th. And I was like, no, like, I want to talk about it now. Like, I'm so excited about it. And I have a lot of exciting and fun things to share on the 17th. Um, and I'm pumped about that. But I just want to say that it is, uh, again, in the same way, too, of like, 
I have been literally a son of <laughs> Pastor Joe for the last almost seven years now. And, uh, you know, you think about, you know, are we going to go a completely different direction? Like, absolutely not. Like, my foundation is this church. So I have no reason to make it anything that it isn't because I love what it is. It has been formative for me and the people here. Uh, like, we are definitely staying true to our roots in a big way. We are building upon the foundation, not tearing it down and making a new one. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for the things that we can build on the foundation that Pastor Joe has built for us so faithfully over the last 16 years. And we have lots more to share about that too on the 17th. But for now, let's pray over this offering. Father God, thank you so much. Um, for the gift of giving, God. Thank you for what you give to us, everything that you've given to us. Um, it's all yours, God. All of it is yours. The breath in our lungs, the bodies we inhabit, God, all of it is yours. The gifts that you've given us, the money that we've been able to earn with these gifts, God, it's all yours. It all comes back to you, God. And it is a, it is a gift uh, to be a gift to you. Uh, God, we pray you bless these, uh, this offering uh, that every dollar goes towards effective and life-transforming ministry um, through staff, through the, the facilities that we are part of, through the benevolence that we provide, through any products or advertising or images or anything that is done with this money, God, that it goes to glorify you and bring heaven to earth. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to participate with you in the work that you're doing here in the world. Uh, and that this is one way that we get to do that. God, we, we thank you for that. Um, yeah, we bless these dollars and this day in Jesus' name. Amen. That song, Step by Step, has proven uh, to be timely. There's a lot more prophetic things to come forth in the perfect timing. And you'll see that God's going to use the music ministry and the things that you and I and others write. It'll be perfectly in time to lay the bed of revelation. I'll lay the uh, uh, a bed, like a flower bed, you know, the bedding. <clears throat> it's going to lay the the make the pathway for revelation to come forth in the people's hearts in a fresh way. Are y'all blessed? Yeah. All right, let's all stand. Nitsa, could you join me? Let's hold hands, and if you want to hold hands, and uh, pray for... Just thank you, Lord. Father, we bless this conference next week. We declare in Jesus' name that the Abide Conference is full and it's blessed. And we declare that miracles that have not been seen by anybody here will happen right before our eyes. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the 17th. Thank you for all that's happening then. And Lord, we thank you for this, uh, this motorcycle uh, blessing of the bikes that's coming in the next service. Lord, we just thank you for your anointing, your grace on that time, that the word of God will go forth with power and your grace will protect those bikers in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as He guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844 955 
Thank you for listening and stay blessed.